0: what's going on everybody welcome to episode 14 you know i don't know why i label these episodes because like we've definitely done way more than 14 by now and uh yeah and i don't like doing the intro anyways it's just weird and i always sound like i'm less enthused than i am so we are live Deonte, salim and i on a wednesday because you know like the nba playoffs nights get preempted by things and if you are watching this video on YouTube you can see that I have my Devin Booker impression going on but if you're listening I have two pieces of tissue stuck in my nose shout out Devin Booker best son's bloody nose in a long long time obviously an homage to Former son and current bottom-tier coach Steve Nash. And Kendall Jenner, you you really got to help our man out here. I really hope you just, like, I don't know, did him something really nice last night, today. Serves it. So let's just jump right into it. So the Valley is rallied. First off, that is an incredible, like, uh, team slogan, whatever, for the playoffs, Rally the Valley. Obviously, Mm -hmm. no bigger moment, I think, in this postseason than the Valley Oop last night, Jay Crowder, who no one's going to bring it up except for me. I've been so high on Jay Crowder all year. This dude is just a winner and does whatever it takes to win. The Jay Crowder effect is real. Him to DeAndre Ayton, who everyone said from the beginning of last season, like his suspension to now – it's just night and day, what we think of yes. DeAndre Ayton. So game two goes to Phoenix. Game three, tomorrow night, Chris Paul might be back. We're still talking about Kawhi Leonard maybe playing for some reason, but I'm going to let you do your thing, how we see it going. So
1: I don't know if anybody – I I generally don't remember if it was on, on this program or if it was on our other – well, the other program on the sports wave the exam podcast. I believe that's where it was. Um, I ranked the, the Clippers as my second and my, I believe, fifth-ranked teams I, that I trust the most in the um,
0: I playoffs. You, I think you had them ahead of the Hawks. Yes. Why?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had the um, – no, I'm sorry, fourth. So I had the Clippers with Kawhi at second and the Clippers without Kawhi at fourth. Um, it, it just simply boils down to – how, I, how do I see it going is is the question here. Um I could definitely see the Clippers bouncing back and you know winning game game three. I mean, let's just let's just look at it. I mean, Devin Booker really didn't play that well of a game in game two. And you know, Paul George was two free throws, potentially one free throw away from, you know not losing that that game. I mean, I you know, I'm a I guess you can label me at this moment as the Paul George apologist because you know he's one of my favorite players in, in the league. I was one to say after they got out the you know second round to abolish the you know the various names. Um but him missing those two free throws people saying he's trash that's a bit of an overreaction. Um but yeah like I said I see the Clippers bouncing back um because like i said home 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 court advantage they weren't that far off from, from losing game game 2 anyway they haven't really gotten blown out so you know let's let's not act like this has been a just completely lopsided series you know it's just been, been a been a couple bad breaks so i just like home court advantage would definitely fix that and i got the clippers winning game 3
0: i i don't the so the reason why i think the Clippers beat the Jazz was like not the high they were riding because of Kawhi not being able to make it the rest of the series, but like having to rally around the fact that their leader wasn't there. I think that's what mm-hmm. helped them win the last two games. But it kind of shows that this team doesn't, Paul George can only do so much. And yes, it, it, you see him giving everything he has, but there's just not a real second option now that the second option is the main guy. And for Phoenix, Devin Booker literally bleeding out on the court, breaking his nose likely, still coming back, still winning, and Chris Paul coming back on top of it. I don't see how the Suns in four isn't a reality in the Western Conference Finals.
1: Well, I mean, when when you say it it like that, you're definitely making a lot of sense. I just truly feel like the, the Clippers aren't that far off. I mean, like. Like I said, they won what the last two, maybe three games? I, yeah, it was, they definitely won the last two games against Utah without Kawhi. So they clearly, obviously, the the Jazz aren't, in my opinion, anywhere near the level, level of, you know, they aren't on the Phoenix Suns level. They just had, they just happened to finish with a better record that happens. Um, I, just, I just truly think with the amount of veterans that they have, and you saw what happened last time they played at home, they were down by like, what, 20-something points, and they were able to bounce back and win. Um, so I expect – they always say, you know, role, role players play better at home. So I guess you kind of – wouldn't say it, but you could potentially see a guy like Terrence Mann stepping up, a guy like Zubak, maybe stepping up Reggie Jackson, maybe even Patrick Beverly. They definitely have a deep squad to be able to, you know, make this comeback happen. It's, it's just a matter of, you know, can they lock down – defensively and make timely shots
0: and what's not to be lost in this Chris Paul has the chance to clinch his first NBA finals appearance in the arena that a lot of people expected him to win one with so I think if you're Chris Paul you are absolutely you know whatever it takes to clinch that spot you want to do it but if you can do it in Staples Center in front of you know your former fans, it just makes it all the more sweet for him. Well, I would definitely say it
1: – is it a, a sweet moment for him, potentially? But you also have to realize that this is a totally different team. I mean, DeAndre Jordan is gone. Blake Griffin is gone. Doc Rivers, sorry, ass, yes, is gone. You know, it's not, it's not too yeah, many but the fans are still that, there. I mean, yeah, yeah, but at the end of – end of the day, it's – I. I, I can kind of see it, but the fans never really turned against Chris Paul. I truly feel like Chris Paul never had a you know problem with the Clipper. I guess you can call him faithful. So I, I will
0: it be? Uh, you know, I don't know about that. They, I feel like they were like, yeah, it's Chris Paul's. Chris Paul was the first one to go. Remember, they begged DeAndre Jordan to come back. They like locked him in his house so the Mavs wouldn't get him, and then they shipped off Chris Paul first.
1: I mean, yeah, well, it's it was just a matter of it was it was just one of those things that kind of ran this course. I mean, we we saw for the longest time. I mean, not not to get too off topic. It would Blake Griffin and or Chris Paulson like got injured in every single playoff series. So it was never like they just completely folded. Well, they kind of did fold in game game six versus uh, Houston was at twenty fifteen. So they kind of folded then, but I don't really I just don't don't feel like the the problem with that clip clipper organization was with the fans it was just more with you know doc rivers blake griffin austin rivers johnny jordan etc and they're all gone now so this is a a completely different team so it's not really the same but i i get your overall point though
0: switching over to the eastern conference finals game one just wrapped up and in my villain list of athletes we have the names of you know, basically anyone on the New York Giants. We have Juan Soto on there. Garrett Cole makes an appearance. Hey,
1: hey, 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 hey! hey. No Juan Soto, no Juan Soto slender. I'm, I'm, I'm not I, here. I didn't say anything bad slender. about
0: him. I just, he's just on my list of like dudes I don't get down with. Just it's it's how it
1: is. It's, it's Cause you're a Mets fan. That's just. I just. Have, don't. That's that's your fault. That's your fault. You just you're just mad because because you don't have him, and that's fine.
0: I I mean I'd rather have exactly. you know McKinney. Anyways, Trey Young's on that list. Trey Young keeps showing up on my TV. Keep watching Trey Young on my TV. Keep getting mad at Trey Young on my TV. I could go on and on. So please analysts, and analyze. Well yeah, analyze. Well those. just
1: I mean well, you know, just looking at the game, I mean Let's not necessarily put this on one overall player, but like, you know, Chris Middleton, like, dude, shooting six of 23, all of nine from, from three 15 points. I, it's, look at it this way. I remember in our um, Discord chats, shout chat out to Xavier. He mentioned that when, during the um, Brooklyn, in Milwaukee series, how he still had faith in in the Bucks. I think after game three, I believe when it was like eighty three to eighty, he said the Bucks played terrible, but you know, but they still came out and won, right? I didn't necessarily agree with him then, but I'm kind of seeing it now. Think about it: your second or third best player, probably your third best player, in Middleton played terribly, and you only lost by three. So that you know, that's kind of some glimmer of you know hope but I truly feel like we shouldn't sleep on Atlanta because we've seen different different types of basketball from them I mean we've we've seen them play one way versus the Hawks I mean I'm sorry versus the uh Knicks then they played a different way versus the Sixers and then you know I know it's only game game one but you see that they're they're better than what at least I expected I expected the Bucks just their overall size and this better talent to just overtake this, you know, this series. Once again, it's only game 1. I'm not going to overreact, but I I'm genuinely surprised of what I've seen from the Atlanta Hawks.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite. It's game 1. I'm going to overreact. I don't know why the Bucks just like keep giving us hope and then not doing it. But Going back to Trey Young as much as I don't want to, I also don't want Trey Young taking 34 shots a game if I'm a Hawks fan or I'm or mm. I'm on the Hawks. That's just mm. not going to be the way that they win the series. And mm. I it'll sound ironic coming from me, but Trey Young has like so much confidence for somebody who misses as much as he does if you just watched him play and didn't know his stat line, you would think he makes every single shot because the the confidence that he, you know, lets these go at the ridiculous dance moves, the ridiculous nickname. You would think that he performs a lot better than he does. Now you're going to be like, how can you say that? He scored like 44 points tonight, but when you're shooting 33 times, I really, really hope you get 44 points out of it. So I, so
1: I, uh, I agree with you, but I also disagree. I, I agree with that last point saying that, you know, with the amount of shots that he takes, he should be able to, you know, drop 70 with, you know, obviously his ability to shoot the ball. And obviously threes count for count more than twos, but I I disagree with your first part. It's because you remember that I believe it was a Western conference finals, I believe, or something around then when it was Golden state versus Portland I think in like 2016 you remember how Steph Curry was was injured and like I think that first game back he couldn't hit a three to save his life but he kept shooting him and then he hit he hit his first one in like the fourth Oh, quarter the, the and then, eye and back shot. yeah <laughs> that's just that's just how it is I mean shooters shoot if you stop shooting then you end up like a guy like Ben Simmons and obviously nobody wants to be like a Ben Simmons, you just got to keep shooting him. Obviously he's a thousand times a shooter. I might be a better shooter than Ben Simmons. But when you have the ability to knock those shots down, then you, you know, you just ooze confidence. But he shouldn't take as many as he should, especially from as far as, as he is, because even though he has the ability to make those, that's not the best shot in the flow of, of the offense. I mean, when, when he misses it, that's a celebration for the, for, for the bucks, because, you know, that's a long rebound and obviously with their better speed and overall athleticism, they're able to, you know, run the floor and, you know, score easily. So he should, he stop taking those shots overall. No, because he can't make those, but he should definitely limit them. But you also have to look at it. If I'm correct. Um, their other guy, Bogdan, I think he's hurt a little bit. So, obviously, somebody has to make up for his, you know, lack of ability to, you know, really do what he normally does. So, obviously, you've seen guys like John Collins take some more shots. You see and Clint Capella get some more looks. And, obviously, Trey Young, who's the primary ball handler, he's, he's going to get some more shots. And a guy like Gallo, he's going to get some more shots. So, it's just an overall team team thing once it's almost like the whole next man up but there's no necessarily necessary next man it's just hey we got your back and we'll take these shots for you
0: it was really hard for me not to laugh that whole time because I said backshot <laughs> shout out my boy Vin but uh <laughs> yeah it's just all I was thinking about and I was like oh wow D'Ante's bringing a lot of good good points up but like I just said backshot on like my podcast and I didn't even mean to and then I said it two more times but I meant it them yeah, so the Hawks need to – what do they call Herder in the locker room? Like Kayvon? Kayvon, yes. Yeah, they need Kayvon to do what he did against Philadelphia Game 7 consistently. He needs to be the number two for sure. Um, um... Clint Capella is go- – okay, if you are Giannis and you watch back the last – 20 seconds of this game and see what Clint Capella did to you. Yeah, he might have a little more muscle, but like you're a defensive player of the year, man. You can't let Clint Capella do that to you. You can't let him just, you know, flex on your court after he gets a pup back to win the team the game. You cannot let that happen if you're Giannis. Well,
1: this is kind of something I've said said with Giannis. I I've this is my story and I'm sticking to it. I feel like he got bailed out game seven versus uh Brooklyn that's just that's just how I feel um I've I've said this I don't feel like Giannis is he's strong you know physically but I I don't really feel like he's mentally strong because you know you've seen him sometimes just just like fold and we've seen him play at really high levels and a guy with his overall skill and his you know physical ability he should be able to you know, dominate and not allow certain things to happen. But sometimes he just, he just disappoints. And I, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of that, that whole Paul George thing to where you have all the skills and physical stature, but if you don't have it mentally, then you're just going to sometimes just look bad. And that's something I truly feel like he has, has to work on or else, He's not going to, you know, reach the levels that we all expect from him.
0: I What's so crazy is that Giannis went back-to-back MVPs and we're like, oh, he can still be better. But it really seems like this postseason in particular, he's taken like a step back. He is not the MVP that he was the past two seasons. And it's just, it feels like a not to kick him while he's down but it feels like a Ben Simmons of sorts i feel like he has no real confidence in his shot or his like selection but then he also shoots with the confidence like he's a Trey Young so he's in like this really weird spot of he can have his moments of shooting from 35 feet but then also mm-hmm. being like intimidated from 10 so it must be a weird spot for their best player to be in.
1: yeah, like I said it's it's he's he's just kind of in in a weird spot because I one thing I've always had a problem with him is he doesn't really have a patent move because like you know you'll see him you know kind of just get the ball at the top of the key and I guess just kind of drive in just you know, run somebody over i mean he's he's, i don't know he's just he's just really weird because he has the ability to get better offensively but like you know you'll see him take these you'll see him just start taking threes i mean how many threes did he take take tonight he took two of them i mean i mean i guess
0: the the one was was bad there was one in the fourth quarter that was very very bad i don't think he hit the rim yeah it's
1: just I don't know. And then you see when they're down down by I believe they were down how were they down two or were they down three? When Pat Connaughton, you know, took took that 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 three and he airballed it. I mean, what is that? I mean, why where's I mean, I know Littleton struggled, I know he's kind of their closer, but like, where's Drew Holiday at? He has the ability, ability to close. I've seen it from him. So I mean, I don't know. This this overall team
0: just this is really weird. I don't that's I don't understand. that's the other thing with the Bucks. Like this team at times, they are way too passive. I understand, you know, there's gonna always be a guy open because of, you know, defensive alignments and whatnot, but they pass yeah. the ball way too much. I mean, well, when you it's
1: I guess it's the whole there's a whole thing in basketball where like you know you you make the extra pass but like you know sometimes the extra pass isn't necessary when you because I remember it was a point in the game that really stuck out to me and this is the moment I, I wouldn't say I feel like the Bucks were going to lose. Do you remember? I believe it was sometime in the third quarter when Giannis had Trey Young, you know, in the post. And it was just he just started backing him down, and then he shoots a fadeaway. Like, dude. You're twice his size, dunk on his ass, like, dude, what are you doing? And it's just certain moments like that that frustrate me about this overall team because, like, like, like you'll see Chris Middleton sometimes step up, and then like, like tonight you'll see him just completely just fold and disappear. I mean, you're you're an all star, and you're shooting six of twenty three and zero of nine from three, and I know you, I mean, you look at it, Holiday, Giannis and Middleton all shot over, they all shot at least 23 times. So, you know, if 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 you're getting just pure, oh, just a heavy dose of production from three main, main players, if you stop two of the three and one of those three and Giannis can't really shoot, then you give yourself the best chance to win. I mean, like this overall team is just weird. Sometimes you know guys in in the media and fans expect more from them, but then when you start expecting things from them, they just come, they they just fold, and it's it's
0: really weird. Sorry, I turned over for a second. I saw a dude wearing a Ray Mysterio mask at the Padres game. That's pretty cool. Shout out six one
1: nine. Shout out six one nine. So,
0: so who you like the rest? Well, who you like game two?
1: Game so I'll. I like the Bucks game game two. I like them in, in game one. Um, but I, I like them in, in game two. I don't expect, especially at home, I'm practically, even though I'm rooting for, for Atlanta personally, I'm practically begging Chris Middleton to not shoot this bad again because I we've seen it from him to where some to go off for freaking 40 and, and just like tonight, you see him go, go off for 15. Um, don't expect him to to shoot, you know, as bad. Um, don't Don't expect Drew Hawley to be taking 25 shots. I know we've all, or a lot of people have ranked him as, you know, the most underrated player in basketball, but don't expect him to to take 25 shots. That's just simply not who he is. He's more of a a facilitator, you know, getting guys, you know, shots like Brooke Lopez and getting Giannis in the post, et cetera. Um, And expect Giannis to get more, you know, in the post. Um... And I think the Bucks have to rebound better because I think John Collins had 15 rebounds. And I think uh, Capella had 19 rebounds. So that's 34 rebounds between two players. That simply should not happen. Especially like I said, when you have a guy like Brook Lopez with his size and Giannis in his size, so that shouldn't happen. Um, yeah, so I, I would say the Bucks win game, game two, bounce back um, and tie the series up.
0: Speaking of Drew and Chris, they will be taking their talents to Tokyo this summer in what can only be described as an interesting Team USA. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beale, Zach Levine, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, Kevin Love, and how could you forget Jeremy Grant. This as a basketball fan, as a Team USA fan, is such a letdown compared to you know you look at the 2008 redeem team lebron kobe KD, mellow everybody who is anybody uh, kevin love might have even been on that team too honestly uh 2012 you know lebron oh dwayne wade how could i forget him 2008 2012 in london you know lebron similar cast uh 2016 that was really just KD. Harrison Barnes made a cameo. That was that was weird. Uh yeah. Melo was there. So basically everybody knows this. Olympic Kevin Durant is like the best basketball player on the planet. Carmelo Anthony back in those teams, one of the guys that you have to have on a team. Carmelo's not going to be on it this year, which I thought was interesting. I mean, he's yes. he's not as I mean, if you're going to pick some of the players that you picked and not have Carmelo Anthony to get him like another gold medal was interesting because he could he's like a better shooting Draymond Green, but doesn't have the defensive presence. And everybody was like, Oh, well, Draymond's just there for leadership. Carmelo Anthony's won like multiple gold medals, and like, you know, I feel like he's a pretty good leader. A lot of people want him on their team. So, Deontay Salim, your thoughts on this team USA team.
1: So, looking at those. Overall team, you look at, you know, the 2016 team, the only two players that are coming back are Jermon Green and Kevin Durant. Those are the only two players that were on the last... Which
0: Kevin Durant playing on the team is very, very surprising, I feel like. I don't want that to be lost in this. I did not think he would play. Really? really? I really didn't. I really thought he would have wanted some time off. I mean, yeah, he did have two years off, but I really thought he would have wanted to take summer off.
1: Yeah, so... I mean, it's it's just just a matter. Of, like I said, he he had a long long time off. Obviously, it was longer due to the COVID you know pandemic we had last year. But I'm not I'm not surprised to see him play because obviously he's far and away the best player on this team. It's not even close. I mean, originally we had James Harden on it, but <clears throat> I guess he I, I guess somebody in you know within his camp told him like, hey. You're just coming off of a hamstring injury, a grade, grade two was a strain. It's not the best look to, you know, come back and play in the Olympics. I feel like, you know, that kind of would have put a bad narrative on him, even though it's not his fault that his hamstring was hurt. It happens. Um, I mean, but looking at this overall team, you know, back in 2016, Jeremy Grant, no offense to him, he was kind of trash. I think he was he was on he was on the Philly team. This was before Jordan Bede even stepped foot on an NBA court, so that was that long ago. Nobody really knew who Jeremy Grant was, and you know guys like Jason Tatum and Bam um, Adebayo, they weren't even in the league at the time. They were, I think, going into their freshman year at college. So
0: was not Jason Tatum like still in high school?
1: Yeah, so so they they weren't even you know I was supposed to be on the team. And I'm and uh, back then I think that's I I believe Zach Levine, I think that's when he tore his ACL when his last year in Minnesota, so he obviously couldn't be on the team. No, I lied. He tore his ACL that later on in 2017, so that at same same season. So I just don't think he was seen it as this. You know, he obviously wasn't seen as the same player he is now. But you know, with guys like Steph Curry. Uh, James Harden, LeBron James, with them not playing, and you don't have really the, the big names. I mean, just like you said back in the twenty what well, twenty twelve team, we had MVPs and LeBron, KD,
0: KD before you even played in the NBA.
1: Yeah, so we had we had a lot of really powerful names. Now, I mean, Kevin Love, Middleton, it's cool. I mean, you're filling out a roster, but it's just, I. Th- Honestly, something that something else that I definitely, I mean, Clay. I, I definitely feel like Clay would have played if he didn't have the amount of injuries he's had over the last two years. Or, yeah, two years. I mean, I also truly feel like it's a matter of, I don't want to get political, but, you know, we've seen what's going on, in, you know, in this country over the last couple years. And I truly feel like Steph Curry, he's been out, he hasn't played in a while. So I feel like he's he's back healthy, you know he normally would would have played, but you know just like I said, the climate of you know where we are as a society, I don't truly really feel like you know he thought it was the best. Best. I'm honestly not not surprised to see him not on his roster. Is it disappointing? Yeah, but um, it's it's just certain certain guys. I guess they're like oh you know obviously the NBA is made of a predominantly predominantly uh, African-American players and, you know, that whole thing. And it's just a lot of politics going on in this thing Why you don't see a lot of the best players coming out. I also think- injuries as well.
0: uh, Yeah, injuries. And I also think if this event would have taken (laughs) place last year as it was supposed to, and there was no, like, I don't think the families can go with them too. So I don't think like someone like Steph Curry Mm -hmm. would want to be away from like his wife And like three kids for possibly, well, like realistically a month, because you got to like go there, come back, blah, blah, blah. Because what's different about basketball than the other sports, like if you're a swimmer, you go from like the day after the opening ceremonies to like the final Sunday. And then, you know, gymnastics, you're in there. The basketball players, they're there the entire time. They're not, you know, doing all the publicity stuff because we all know who they are they're not new to us but they're there the entire time in Tokyo just you know playing basketball practicing this and that so for certain players too I don't think they'd really want to be away from their families you know in a time like this for that amount of time and also like you know for Steph Curry what what's an Olympic gold medal going to do for him you know yeah, it's really yeah. cool to play for your country. You know, you and I would love to talk about, you know, Steph Curry playing in the Olympics. But yeah. for someone like him, you know, it doesn't really do much. And the Clay Thompson thing is interesting. I feel like even if one doctor, even if this dude had doctor written on a white van in the back alley, was like, yeah, you can go play. Clay Thompson would absolutely play. But he yeah. just got back on the court, you know, doing light running yesterday. He had the Jackie Moon headband, the Afro, the ball going but he said he he is a, a long way away from you know playing in a productive NBA game. So mm. someone like him absolutely. Now, I'm not just going to say this cuz of, you know, who I am. But if Jeremy Grant makes this team and not even bam as much cuz I feel like him and bam the guy I'm going to say are like the same. But Julius Red like had to have said oh, no. I right? Knew, I knew I knew like, that he, was coming. He, he I had knew to was have, coming. there's no way they just like didn't ask him. He had to have said no, right? Let me see. There like <laughs> if Jeremy Grant, if Kevin Love, Draybot Green, Bam in About Bam out of bio and him are like the same guy, there's no way julius Randle didn't get an ask from jerry colangelo and also while you're looking that up this coaching staff is very interesting it's pop it's steve kerr and of all the nba coaches lloyd pierce the man doesn't even have a job he's just been prepping for this since like february he went all in for some it's got to work somehow so
1: i'm I'm looking at this. This is back from 2019. So I believe this is when Julius Randle, when he first left the Pelicans. It says uh, Julius Randle added to team USA training camp roster. And it said Mitchell Robinson was invited to compete for for a spot on the team as well. But then I'm looking at Uh, uh It says this is from three months ago. <clears throat> it said, uh, you know, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. I believe this is the same kind of thing I believe no, I'm sorry no this is updated. yeah, so they they were still invited. I just don't don't think they I honestly think they they would have made it
0: because I mean you don't think he would have made it over Jeremy Grant
1: No it's so hear me up look at it look at it this way, right. You remember the 2014 team that I believe won the bronze medal? So yeah. that was a that was a really 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 weird combination of players. Yes, it was a lot of the best players in the league, but they really didn't fit well. They they even said that they all that they did was just bring a bunch of you know of the best players. Like, hey, you're, you're better than him, so you make it over him. But you're better than him, so you make it over him. So I feel like ever since then, they really you know rely on the coaching staff and, and like, hey, how could he fit in the in the offense and the defense that that you want? Okay, he'll he'll be able to play this role and he'll play this role, and and also you kind of have to kind of have to look because I remember Shaq said can you, what was the the um the uh, dream team how that a lot of the too. people yeah 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 when when Shaq when you remember when he didn't when he wasn't on the team, but Christian Laettner was.
0: Okay. I mean, if you're going to, if we're going to go like this route, that was a little different. The dream team was, they needed like a younger guy. And if Isaiah Thomas didn't make it, I don't see why Shaq would have in 92. No. So it was just simply up. So like I said, I don't
1: know if this is actual factual proof, because I believe Shaq came out and, you know, said, you know, this isn't true. But it's just a matter of, think about it. Year-round, a lot of these guys are number one at worst, number two options on their NBA teams. You're you're going to the um, um, Olympics, and you're asking, you know, some guys, hey, you're going to be on the bench. Some of these guys have never been on, on the bench in their life. And you're asking them to just accept this overall role. Like, hey, you're some games you might play, some games you might not play. I just don't think some guys would be as accepting to that role as others. So I definitely think that is a factor. But like I said, it's just a matter of, you know, the overall fit from – I mean, this is kind of a, a weird team. There is a lot of scores. It's not a lot of defense here. I mean, who's the best defender here? Bam. Maybe in ranches because of his length, but this is, you know, 2020, 2021 basketball. This defense truly matters as much as it used to. I mean, I definitely still see them coming out on top, but it definitely is a kind of a weird, you know, roster put together.
0: Before I get into the 2014 FIBA World Cup team, what's so interesting about international basketball too is how, like, the players don't have their usual numbers and they're just like one through 15. That's a cool aspect of it. So this team in 2014, Steph Clay, Derrick Rose, Kenneth Fareed, Rudy Gay, DeMar DeRozan, Kyrie, Mason Plumlee, DeMarcus Cousins, James Harden, Anthony Thomas, Andre Drummond. That was the 2014 United States of America, FIBA national team. So, wait, so Rudolph,
1: how many bigs there were, you said there was- Fareed? Mason Plumlee.
0: Okay, uh, I mean Rudy Gay's is what a small forward. Yes. Um, you said boogie, uh, right? Yeah, Plumlee, Boogie, Ad Drummond.
1: Think about it. That's that's five. That's five five bigs right there. This year, the the only big is Bam. And I remember it, during, during the twenty twelve team, the only big they had, I believe, was Tyson Chandler, and. Just, you couldn't get extra big out there. I mean, you couldn't call up Drummond like, hey, you know, I know you're. A oh, wait,
0: wait, wait. So, okay, wait. This is, this is the other team. Okay, this is the team that I think you were thinking of. And I just looked up the rock one. So, this is from 2019. Derek White, uh, Mitchell, Joe Harris, Marcus Smart, Harrison Barnes, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Mason Plumlee again. I guess, like, Jerry Colegel really likes him. Miles Turner, Brooks Lopez, Chris Middleton, Kemba Walker. The first like five players that turned it down are better than any of them. It was uh, well, this is just alphabetical order, so that doesn't really count. But you know, still the first five that were no's: Booker, Butler, Conley Jr., Cousins, Curry. I be... yes, because
1: so I. I... I don't know. It's I mean, I mean, think about it. We've never seen Steph Curry in the Olympics. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we've usually seen all of like the top tier best players in the league in the Olympics, but like even, even we've seen them, like I said, we've seen them in the I believe 20, like 2010 FIBA FIBA team, but we've never seen them in the Olympics. It's just it's really unfortunate because you know, obviously injuries and a bunch of other stuff is happening, but it's I really wish that we could have seen Steph Curry you know go out to Tokyo and you know kind of be that face of the team obviously without a lebron it's really it's really it's really sad but you know
0: and even even lebron that makes a lot of sense he's spent like what what is it 9 out of the last 10 you know this time of year still playing basketball after playing all season so you know taking a summer off and it's lebron james it would not shock me if and what will that be twenty twenty-four comes back one yeah. last time, him and Bronny?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that that would be nice, but yeah, as far as that's, I mean, just
0: that's a good idea. I'm gonna tell X, let's try to predict the 2024 Olympic basketball team. I, I don't mean, see how yeah, that would to I mean,
1: obviously, yes, obviously. I feel like you'd have you know your normal guys like your Donovan Mitchell and your Tatum still, but obviously with you know just think about some of these guys being three years old, three years older. Obviously LeBron James is in a class of his own as far as you know, ageless wonders. But is this the last time we're going to see Kevin Durant? Are we truly never going to see Steph Curry? So it's just I don't know. It's 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 just really 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 weird. A weird place that team USA basketball is in because you don't really see the best players coming out anymore.
0: NBA draft lottery was also last night. The Detroit Pistons, it appears that they finally have some hope in the form of Cade Cunningham. Any big takeaways from the draft lottery? Those The
1: top five teams, as far as markets, suck. Because what you have Detroit... Houston post James Harden. I mean, I know. Shout out to Colin Cowherd. You know they have no, no um income tax. No, they have they don't they don't have taxes or whatever it's nonsense is going, going on in Texas. Um, you have Cleveland. I mean, you know, I know you just with the Cleveland, but you know, shout out to Joachim Noah. You know, who really likes likes Cleveland.
0: And I I don't agree with that. 216 is a great place Cleveland's awesome dude like i walked like two miles to absolutely nothing it was so cool I, I just like heard me like say that like back but like it, Ohio's awesome Ohio is a top five state I'm not even kidding Cleveland is such an underrated city I don't I don't there? mess with Lake Erie because it's just like water water's dumb but but Cleveland rips whoa so you don't like the beach no, I like the beach. Okay, that's different. The ocean like does stuff and like I can't see the ocean, but like I live on the lake, so I don't care about like a great lake. It's okay. Water and turtles. Okay.
1: So would you move to uh, Cleveland? Oh so
0: absolutely. I'm looking forward to the day I go back. Interesting.
1: So back back to my point. Like I said, you have I believe the fifth pick is Orlando. Dwight Hours left. Shaq's left. Penny Hardaway didn't work. What more do I need need to say in Toronto? I mean, it's cold. I mean, they really haven't had too much success out of that one year where they had Kawhi.
0: Which was not even two years ago. How crazy is that?
1: And they're, you know, I believe they have one of the highest tax rates in all of the NBA cities. And and it's, it's a foreign country, so it's a you know, different life than it is in America. So it's just like once again, it's cold. Nobody wants to be in Toronto in mid-January. It's cold as hell. So I I if you if you go top top five, good luck because you're not really going to a
0: great situation. But you know, it is what it is. And going off of the draft lottery and its results, I think this, you know, we feel bad for the Warriors and, you know, Steve Kerr, you know, it seems like he was underrated all those years and now he's getting like his proper acknowledgement. That's gone. They have two lottery picks and Clay hopefully coming back. This team is, I mean, they're not going to be the KD level Warriors, but they're back.
1: Oh, I mean, it's just a simple matter of can they stay healthy? I mean, you know, once Clay went down and they lost Kevin Durant, and you know, the overall roster just isn't really that. So, one thing about about the draft lottery, especially for Golden State, that I expect I, they have two picks in the top fifteen. They could either, which I have, which you, you you would you up you probably won't see this. You see this more in the NFL. You don't really see this in the NBA. Where you know you're packaging two first-round picks to move up, I just don't think that's going to happen. So they could potentially get two key pieces that can help them, you know, build up their overall depth. Because after they got Kevin Durant, their team depth kind of took a big hit. So you can see them adding to their depth, developing their young young players. Obviously, Steph Curry's coming back, Clay Top's coming back, and hopefully. Draymond Green can get some form of offense and, you know, be the Draymond Green that, you know, at least I came to know and love. So, um, yeah, I feel like Golden State's going to be back in the championship hunt. They won't be within the upper echelon, but they'll definitely be in that kind of second-tier range of, barring good good health, and they obviously upgrade some pieces that we expect them to um, get better at.
0: And what I suppose is another underrated city, never been there, maybe one day I will. Minnesota, they've just been so bad for so long and they don't get their draft pick. They, at least like if you're bad and you get a pretty decent pick, it's like, oh, you know, this is cool. But they just get to watch the Warriors do it. It's like that uh, that Spongebob meme when uh, Squidward's watching Spongebob and Patrick run outside having fun. And then it's just, you know, Dilo and Cat kicking it in the crib. And that's all they get for losing all those times.
1: I mean, well, well, you know, can, can is I mean, is Minnesota sports just overall just just terrible? I mean, the Vikings kind of suck. Even they've had some pretty good rosters. They, they do suck. you like Kirk Cousins? I <laughs> – oh oh, okay
0: okay first off I did not I did not mean to make that pun I forgot that you're a football team fan so that you're like the worst person to ask
1: I mean I don't I don't hate him I just think it's kind of all he he got paid the lord he got paid I mean I know he won his first playoff game but you know you won it against the Saints and you know we've seen the Saints just fold in the playoffs like what the last 10 years so I mean, he's he's all right, you know. I don't really have a problem with him, but you know, Stephon Diggs left and he went on to better ventures. I mean, like I said, the Vikings suck. The Timberwolves suck. The Twins are just kind of in that middle tier. And do they have a hockey team? I don't know. I don't really follow hockey.
0: I mean, Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Come on, it's Minnesota. Of course they have hockey. Are they good? I think they were all right. I don't. I don't. I yeah. don't. Sorry. It. There's like four hockey teams left. That's all I care about. I don't remember the Wilds. They've been out for a while.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure Minnesota college teams stuck. So,
0: uh, P- PJ Flex got them on the boat at, you know, Minnesota. They make some noise in the Big Ten. And that's probably the only notable college. I'm sure, there's like a Minnesota state, but no, Minnesota's the city. Too. And it's Wait. A bunch of lakes. It's- is, okay, I I am gonna keep this in, but I shouldn't. Is Minnesota a state or a city?
1: Minneapolis is the city. Minnesota. Okay, city. so
0: yeah, there's probably like a, a Minnesota State University.
1: I've never heard of it. It's, they're, they're probably Division three. I've never heard of Minnesota State. I've heard of Ohio State, Michigan State, Indiana State. I believe no, I've never heard of Indiana State, but yeah, Minnesota.
0: State. oh is in Indies. Isn't that where Larry Bird played?
1: I mean, outside, of, outside of Larry Bird, can you name somebody who went to Indiana State. I don't. Yeah. So it, Minnesota overall is just terrible. I mean, pretty sure you know su- suicide rates up there is pretty high, and I don't really blame them. So it's terrible up there. It's cold. It's just depressing. It's worse. It it it, it might be it might be worse than Cleveland. Honestly.
0: Okay, I, I if you listen to this and you're in the Ohio area, don't listen to him, Garrett. I know you're probably I'm, listening to it. I know you're like four hours away from Cleveland, but let him know.
1: I mean, I mean, you know, outside of LeBron, I mean, they have you know Jose Ramirez. Ledora left and stole some money, so
0: I mean, they got C. D. Osmond, Colin Sexton. There is Garland
1: They don't like Colin
0: Sexton there I like Colin Sexton there
1: Yeah, John And obviously you saw John Beeline no. I think he quit ha- Halfway through his first year After leaving Michigan
0: That's because Kevin Love Pulling him out But that's a whole different thing Kevin so, Love once, once out too yeah. I, I, Kevin Love deserves better You know It's like all You know Free Bradley Beal Free Britney. Free Kevin Love. Let's get him another ring. At least let's let him play. Have a Blake Griffin effect. So, I mean, we've covered a lot. I said, you know, backshot a couple of times. uh, But we're not done getting our fingers wet. Uh, No. (laughs) Fingers sticky here. I want to talk about this new rule that was instituted on Monday. So if you have not watched a baseball game since Monday, (laughs) basically whenever the umpires want or opposing managers want, they can just check you for any kind of substance on you. And one of my friends was like, Hey, I can't, well, I, he didn't say, I can't wait. He said, how long is it going to be until a pitcher literally takes his pants off? It took all of two days. Sergio Romo goes, takes his hat off, throws his glove on the ground, whips that belt off. Takes his pants down, and the umpire's reaction was perfect. He saw him like start to do it, and he was like, "Oh, you don't have to do that." And then he like takes his pants off, and like you see his sliders, and he's like, "No, you really didn't need to do that." So you are a fan of a team that probably had the biggest reaction out of it in Mad Max. How do you like the rule? This thing is stupid. I mean,
1: I mean, so when I was when I was at at work. Uh, earlier, I was watching um, Michael K. Um, on the. I believe he was on um, Keyshawn and Z- Z- Zubin or whatever that, that show was called. So, a, a loophole in the rule is a manager is able to you know tell the umpires, "Hey, you know, go and check 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 the picture." You do it as many times as he wants, but he still has that challenge. So, like. They, they do. They want to speed up the pace of the game, but like it's, it's just all bad. I mean, you. I mean, you saw it. The um, I guess the Mets had a debut pitcher. You know, making his major league, um, debut. And as he was coming off the mound and walking into the dugout, they were checking him. Like, come on, man! I'm, I'm, these these fans. You know, the all 15 Mets fans in here are you know cheering me. (laughs) <laughs> How you gonna say, Strange? Like, you know, everybody's cheering. Everybody's cheering me. And, you know, now you have to check my hat, check my glove. I got to check my belt. I mean, that's kind of, it's just it's just stupid. Like I said, I, I get the overall point of this rule, but to just do it in the middle of the season, it's just so dumb. It's just so, so, so dumb. And this is the MLB that that Rob Rob Manfred is. Oh, it's, just, it's just toxic in baseball. It's like it's anytime you hear any mainstream show uh, show talk about baseball, it's, it's about bad things. It's just I'm, I, I've come to love love baseball, and it's just like it's it's just becoming bad. It's just bad.
0: So I'm not quite the Deontay downer. I really like it. I, what it's done for baseball in the three days it's been around is awesome. I've seen more clips of games in the past three days than I probably have all season. And, you know, we're talking about some of the best in the I did. I, I really didn't want to bring this up. It's been a really incriminating podcast already, but there, there's this website. I think it's called like cam soda or something, but that part doesn't really matter. So basically like, After Sergio Romo, they offered, like, Garrett Cole, DeGrom, Scherzer. you Darvish was thrown in there. uh, Trevor Bauer. Sergio Romo. They offered all these dudes $100,000 to just, like, take their pants off because of, like, what Sergio Romo did. And, like, for Garrett Cole, $100,000 is nothing. Like, he sneezes and makes more than that, essentially. But it was, like, a really nice offer of them. And, I mean, like, if they know about baseball, then I'm sure everybody will assume, so. So,
1: I see what you're saying is bringing more attention to baseball. I don't want to sound like too much of a homer, but I remember, obviously, you remember the whole Dwayne Hashtag situation with him and the strippers, all that nonsense?
0: Yeah, make that money.
1: So, so I remember when Ron Rivera was on, um, was, like, Answering questions to to the media. Oh my God! Put put that on the Instagram. Um, how he was essentially like, you know, let's pay attention to what's important and n- not what's interesting. I mean, yes, seeing you know these pictures, just take their pants off, you know, in front of thousands of, of people, and you know, and the twelve people at at City Field. I mean, you know, it's 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 just why? Why do we have to do this? You Should have just you shouldn't either achieve. came up with. I mean, I mean, yes, but you just can't make some sudden rule change in the middle of the season, like, you gotta do some research on it. Like, you can't just completely just ask a pitcher, just hey, like, hey, you know, take your pants off. Like, come on, man, it's, it's just yeah, dumb, it dinner they, first. yeah. Like, you know, you gotta, you, gotta, you know, gotta, 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 gotta treat him right. You know, these are yeah. I mean, I, I mean. They, does Max Scherzer feel? Like, come on, man. Like, like you checked him three times, and I think the first four innings.
0: Yeah, but that's Joe Girardi for you, though. Joe Girardi, he's... They're going to call this one the Girardi rule or something. He's just that kind of dude.
1: Like, it's just like, like... He's one of the best pitchers of this generation. Like, I don't want to sound like too much of a homer. I don't care if this was Kershaw, this was DeGrom, anybody. It's one of the best pitchers of, of, this, of this era within the last however long one of the best pitches of all time and you're already doing this come on man
0: come on man let's 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 be real I saw a comment about that one it was like you know Girardi wants to take on Max Scherzer blah 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 and they were like oh Scherzer would destroy Girardi I don't know about that George Girardi was an LLB catcher for like 12 years dude is pretty you know solid looking he's played for New York he's managed New York he's lived in Philadelphia for a couple years I i I don't think Joe Girardi would go down as easy as people think to Max Scherzer of all people.
1: Max Scherzer played in Detroit, okay? That man has some some sort of, you know, some sort of fight in him. Yeah, but know, he, he was he's, good. He's... It's different. Matt, Mad Max is a thing. Have you seen a guy? He, he foams from the mouth. Do you really want to mess with Max Scherzer? Come on, man. That, that, that dude
0: is actually... Joe crazy. Girardi has braces and he's an adult. You want to mess with him? He might spit on you.
1: He, he might He might. Might put him in jail. It's COVID season. You should be spitting on people. Come I'm on, just, man. I mean,
0: the braces, it just goes wherever it wants. I
1: didn't know he had braces. That makes it even funnier. Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. I mean, he, he might have got, got rid of him because he
0: was on TV, you know, after he got mutually agreed to leave the Yankees. But like, he had braces with the Yankees. It's kind of a thing you don't forget.
1: I did not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look this up because so I did not know that Joe. Girardi yeah, it's a, it's a stigma that
0: lasts with you. You know, adult braces. And I mean, I don't know. I've never had braces, but I imagine you know, if I, you're an adult, and then uh, oh. you know, you play in the MLB, and then you manage the Yankees, and you win a World Series with them. Probably lasts with you. God.
1: Oh my god, he looks terrible. Oh my god, he looks. He just wants straight teeth, I... Deontay. I mean, I get it, but like,
0: like you and I wear glasses just because we want to see.
1: Hey, hey, hey! I only wear glasses because I can't get contacts. This is a whole thing with me, but yeah, I don't, I like, did, I don't like
0: touching my eye. It's gross. I can never I get it like, in. I can always take it out, but
1: I don't want to go too, too, too deep into my personal life. But you know, I, it's a whole
0: lifelong thing.
1: Why I can't wear? It's 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 not that deep. I just don't want to talk about it. And, you know, freak out our, our listeners.
0: Yeah, especially on a sports podcast, you know, we, we pretty much maintained sports for, you know, most of the conversations. That was good.
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of had to, you know,
0: this disgrace this the terrible city of
1: Minnesota. So it was worth it.
0: Yeah, but episode 14 was a fun one. We got a really good interview with Marcus Ogden coming on Friday at noon Eastern time. That's it's at eleven central, nine Pacific. You know, I've been watching sports my entire life. How do I not know the three time zones yet? But uh, if you're in four. England, no, no, West Coast is three hours behind us.
1: Oh, oh, I, I thought you said, I thought you said the, the, uh, the, the three time zones. If I was
0: about to say it's four of them, what? Ma- oh, is Mountain one? Yeah. What's that? Two. Yeah. Okay, so 10 mountain, whoever lives in the mountains probably don't get Wi Fi up there. So I right, can listen to this. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Like, what states in mountain time zone? Denver,
1: uh, I think Montana, uh, what's under that? New Mexico, I think. So that kind of area. All
0: right, basically, just like check Apple, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts. Sometime in the afternoon on Friday, but if you're on the East Coast, like a normal person, twelve o'clock there. A lot of good guests we got coming up. A lot of fun conversations we've been having. We're going to be here the rest of the playoffs, basically till the end of time, because all I have to do is hit record on a Zoom meeting. It's not that hard. Um, yeah, Deontay's going to be here because, as he likes to say, he you know, he's just here.
1: Podcast thought. I'm all, I'm always there.
0: Yeah, he gets it. Uh, yeah, uh, I was on the exam podcast twice this past weekend with uh, X, of course. Deontay was there because, you know, where else would he be? Friend of the show, Ethan Hartley, also was there. A lot of fun there. A lot of good stuff that we've all been working hard on. So, yeah, just make sure to check out Wavelengths Pod on Instagram at the Sportswave Official, at sportswave.net. Any last parting shots, Mr. Salim? This sort of sucks. All right. That's what he said. We're done. See you on the next one.